0: It's the e commerce master plan podcast, here to help you grow your e commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas.
1: Hello, master plan world. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure to have you guys out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the Ecommerce Master Plan, an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on solving your e-commerce marketing problems. If you've got an e-commerce problem you would like my help to solve, then head over to eCommerceMasterplan.com forward slash solve to get in touch. Before we get stuck into today's episode, I have a word from the sponsor of the episode. Bright Pearl by Sage provides a retail operating system for retailers and wholesalers. Their mission is clear. Automate the back office so you can spend your time and money growing your business fearlessly and without limitations. Their built-for-retail features tick every box, including inventory management, order management, warehousing, fulfilment, shipping, purchasing, accounting, and even retail business intelligence, all enabling easy automation to free up your time to focus on growth. Find out more and book a demo at ecmp.info forward slash brightpearl. That's ecmp for e commerce master plan.info forward slash brightpearl. So let me introduce you to today's special guest. Derek Rickers is the Director of Operations at Spikeball, which means he's in charge of making sure they never, ever go out of stock. Yes, today we're talking ops rather than marketing. Spikeball are a business on a mission to turn Roundnet into the next great American sport. Founded over 10 years ago, sales now hit $2.5 million per month at peak, which is a staggering 56,000 units. Hello, Derek. Hi, Chloe. How are you doing?
0: I am doing great how's uh how's everything with you
1: it's good I and mean, I'm quite excited to be talking ops instead of marketing today it's a uh, it's a subject which is so essential to the marketable which we don't often get to cover on the show so um let's let's get started with how you got started off in e commerce how did you end up in this this crazy world of product
0: uh well this is a uh i mean this' is a product that our uh our founder ceo um founded like about 10 years ago, like you said uh, earlier, um, started as a part-time gig in, uh, in his basement um, over the course of the next four or five years, uh, steadily grew it into a, uh, to a large online presence before um, actually hiring on uh, one of our first full-time employees. Um, and since then, it's just uh, continued to kind of branch out and grow out uh, from there.
1: And how did you end up
0: getting involved?
1: Have you always been in e-commerce?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've been, uh, I've been, I was doing inventory planning um, for a sports athletic apparel company long before that. Um, I got brought into the company. I think, I believe I was employee number nine, uh, which kind of mm-hmm. helped us transition, um, you know, or at least grow our D 2 C uh, as well as um, kind of transitioning more into the uh, the retail sector as well.
1: Because I, I often find with e-commerce businesses as they grow from from scratch. Like the whole getting the product to the right place is something which people don't think of as being a whole role until suddenly something goes hideously wrong. They're like, oh, uh, we probably need someone to be focused on that. And that's the point at which they get that ops person in. Ops isn't usually one of the first one or two people, but it is critical to have it in place if you want to get the great growth, isn't it?
0: Uh, no, no, you you hit the nail on the head and, uh, and honestly, um, you know, if nobody knows like, you know, that I exist or that my job, like, then that means probably that I'm doing my job well, but you know, the moment that something does go awry or that we don't have something available, um, is usually when, you know a panic button either gets hit and then that's when they realize that, oh, you've either screwed up or made a mistake. But, you know, if everything's running along smoothly um, and then we're just kind of operations is behind the scene, uh, that means that we're doing our job well if you really can't notice us.
1: Excellent. Well, look, uh, we've said a couple of little bits about Spikeball, but let's just tick off the the key key things about the business so everyone knows what it's doing. And then we'll get, in, get back into that ops topic. So you are, I'm guessing you guys are based in the US and are you selling just to the US or are you selling globally?
0: Uh, no, that's correct. We're, uh, we're based out of the U S. Um, and at this point we are, uh, definitely branching out into a lot of global markets, including, um, all across North America, um, Europe, uh, Australia. Uh, but we're definitely, you know, we're, we're growing at a very, uh, quick rate. So, um, we're always looking at different, different marketplaces, including, you know, China, anywhere in South America. Um, so it's, it's definitely, um, no, growing at a, 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 yeah, growing at a really quick rate,
1: and we've we've kind of like alluded to what the product might be, but do you want to tell us a bit bit about what the product is? What is Spikeball and um, and the, the additional product ranges that you're now selling?
0: Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, obviously our main product is, you know, growing, not just growing the sport of Roundup, but so we actually, you know, sell and distribute the game, um, which is like two-on-two volleyball. Um, Instead of going over a net, you hit on top of a net. Imagine like the, uh, you know, a personal size trampoline. So you play Mm two-on-two, three touches per team until you go ahead and return the ball. Uh, It's played 360 degrees. So we have different variations of the set. Um, You know, we have a marketing team that's, help produce different accessories. We, you know, we can now play it on water, um, you know, play it at night. Uh, and, you know, obviously that's a big part of the business. But the other big part of the business is actually growing the sport of around net itself, um, which we have a dedicated team in-house that actually, um, you know, works to grow the sport, you know, work with some of our partners, uh, host tournaments and events all across, not just the U.S., but now in Europe and Canada as well.
1: Wow. So it really is a full-on full-on approach to not just getting the product out there but helping people use the product and encouraging them to to get involved in building that community
0: oh definitely so um yeah this i mean obviously that's just a huge push it's just making more awareness uh around the sport itself
1: so what platform are you using for the e-commerce side of the sales are you a shopify company a magento company or something a bit more bespoke
0: uh, no, that, uh, so we are a Shopify company. We have a couple different stores that we use. Um, I mean, not just for, you know, our website, um, as well as like some of our point of sale and some of the other different markets and, um, channels, uh, that we use to go ahead and distribute our product. But
1: oh, of course so you're using Shopify to sell to the business, cust- the wholesale customers, as well as to the end consumer then?
0: Uh, That's correct. Yes, we use uh, we have a Shopify portal that we use um, to go ahead and uh, receive uh, orders and everything like that from um, a lot of our B two B customers as well. Yeah,
1: excellent. And on the team side, you mentioned I think you're employee about number nine. How many of you are there in total? And are you doing everything in house, or are you outsourcing anything?
0: Yeah, so I think right now we are up to 24 employees. Um, I think about half of those are on our ops team. Um, for the most part, we are doing like everything in house from you know, customer service, marketing, um, as I mentioned, like our Spikeball Roundup Association team, our ops, finance, everything uh, for the most part, I'd say about 95% is done in house.
1: Wow. So you're doing all kind of the pick, pack and dispatch. Are you doing the manufacturing as well, or is that coming in from somewhere else?
0: Um, no, we, use, we have a couple of manufacturing partners that um, we do use, um, obviously, that are integral in uh, our, our supply chain. Um, but we do, uh, we do have our own warehouse as well that we use to do um, not just our B2B, but our B2C uh, fulfillment um, and I mean, obviously, we, we we have other partners that we use um, as we're distributing the product globally. Um, but I would say a majority of our sales, especially we're here within the US, um, are done um, right out of our own C three PL.
1: Well, and as you know, as I'm a, I'm a mere marketer, uh, I have my own opinions on whether you should keep your pick pack and dispatch in house or or outsource it to a third party. What's as someone who is in the nitty gritty of ops day in day out. And I know many of our listeners will be wrestling with this because it's one of the big questions in e-commerce. What advice have you got for them on making that all-important decision?
0: Well, I'd say obviously doing just a a bit of a cost analysis then as well. And I think that's what helps drive some of our decisions, whether to say, Hey, is this something that we do want to keep in house? Um, Obviously it takes a heavy investment, not just from like an infrastructure and personnel standpoint, but just all the extra time and energy that it does take. But I mean, at the end of the day, if it's something that we are able to do more economically, um, you know, which, which we have found that we are able to do um, then, you know, more power to do than that, and, you, and know, that we have found success. I feels like uh, with being able to go ahead and do a lot of the order fulfillment on our own. Obviously, there's been some growing pains along the way, but um, we've obviously used those as um, learning tools to go ahead and uh, continue to strengthen uh, our operations and our business.
1: So it's it's base the decision on the costs first, and then enjoy the additional benefit of having control <laughs> second.
0: Uh, no, no, that, I think that that's that's a that's a very accurate statement. So.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. And you are currently selling via multiple different channels, aren't you? You've got the, the marketplaces on the go, you've got the direct-to-consumer via the Shopify sites, multiple countries, wholesale, um, all these different things on the go. How are you managing to keep it all in check? Because as I said in the intro, your job is to make sure you never go out of stock and that the stock's in the right place. Mm-hmm. Are there some tools or, or systems you're using that make that possible?
0: Uh, yes, definitely. Obviously, we're uh, you know we, we try to integrate um, as, as many applications, technology, and tools um, as we possibly can. Obviously, a big one that we use an uh, ERP system called Break Pearl. I think you've had some previous guests uh, that I think have mentioned or have used that before, but uh, that's our main one that we really try to bring everything in house. Um, you know, we're, we have some Shopify stores. You know, we're doing a lot of retail, uh, including Amazon, and not just Amazon US, but. You know, we're doing it in, uh, I believe, we're up to like seven or eight different marketplaces within Amazon. So really trying to bring everything all together. Uh, BrightPro is what we found that uh, has allowed us to be able to uh, effectively manage um, orders, inventory, um, not just you know sales orders but purchase orders as well um, that we use to distribute to our uh, to our manufacturers and partners.
1: So you can control all your kind of big scale, bigger scale customers and your sales channels and know where your stock is when you want to know where it is, I suppose.
0: Yeah, it's it's essential. And, uh, and Bright Pearl has certainly uh, been a, a great assistant in that regard.
1: And did, uh, did Spike Bulls start off direct-to-consumer or did it start off on the wholesale side of things?
0: Uh, no, it did, it did start off as a, a direct consumer um, I'm... It actually started uh, just being distributed uh, by our CEO out of his basement. You know, he had a full time oh, wow. job at that time, uh, and I think for the first four or five years, you know, he was just making runs back and forth. I think between his basement to the uh, you know whether it was dropping it off at the UPS store or USPS. Um, and it wasn't until I think about like five or probably about five years ago that you know they really kind of decided to take off and um, expand out the D to C um, as well as started bringing on um, retailers or wholesalers as well.
1: I know a lot of our listeners. Um, are considering adding additional channels. And obviously having the right software is part of the decision-making process to make it manageable and doable. And, you know, you're you're kind of the person who, uh, you know, the marketing team have this great idea of a new channel and then all of a sudden you're left with the headache of making <laughs> the logistics of it all work. So have you, there are a couple of things they should think about before hitting the nightmare of finding them when, they get, when people think about launching a new channel.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's really just trying to think like way ahead of time then as well, like all the little details that are going to end up being included, um, like based on this, on this decision. I mean, you're you're right. Like, you know, marketing can come up with a a great idea. Uh, It's operations. you know, job or responsibility to make sure that we can go ahead and carry that out. So, um, you know, whether that's making sure that we can go ahead and, you know, really receive those and record those orders correctly, making sure that we have that stock there to be able to go ahead and fulfill those orders. Um, you know making sure that the customer is receiving their product like in a satisfactory manner, making sure that we can just record uh, in detail the sale from like, pretty much to discovery all the way to the to that end point of like being able to reconcile the sale. Um, there's just so many, you know, minutian detail uh, that that need to be included. Um, and that's preparing yourself um, for what inevitably can and cannot happen.
1: So just think it all through rather than just switch it on and watch watch all the orders kind of fall out the back.
0: Definitely no, no. I mean, and, and you just, you know, we don't make just any like rash decision to be like, all right, like looks like tomorrow. It's it's definitely thought out as far as like, okay, what kind of effect does this have on maybe say some of our other business? Like, what is the you know what's the actual cost benefit of you know setting up something? Are we going to go ahead and be uh, you know setting up here and you know robbing Paul to pay Mary or uh, whatever the case may be? But it's just, it's really just trying to detail out all those fine points because uh, if you don't do it um, you know ahead of the game uh it it certainly decides to try to catch up with you um on the back ends of things
1: yeah because it's it's not just a case of can we fulfill it for this channel it's almost like i i often um i've often been called in to businesses who are wholesalers who are thinking about going direct to consumer and they're going well we've got a warehouse and a website can't be that hard And we can do some marketing and I'm sure it'll be fine. And one of the things I often say to them in that scenario is, right, okay, what size packs do you usually sell product in? Oh, we sell in packs of 12. Okay. So what if a customer orders one? And they go, well, we'll just have some jiffy bags and we can put one in. So, right. So then you've got 11 on the shelf you can't sell to a wholesale customer. Oh. You know, and and then (laughs) you're kind of like, right. And you've got someone who's placed, you know, who's going to want that product for your wholesale customers? You know, if the should it, you know, who do you prioritise? Do you prioritise prioritize your own website for stock or do you prioritise the wholesale customers for stock? How do you go about making those decisions? Because I think often people don't think about the very practical impact on the physical stock availability side from one channel to another. Is that something that a business should have rules for or do you just try and avoid the conflicts?
0: Uh, no, no. So obviously, you know, there- the, the businesses like the d2c um, as well as you know b2c uh, really go hand in hand obviously you know we, we, we sell provide the, a lot of the same products there's a lot of overlap between the two um, but we really do try to plan out um, even like on a 12 or 18 month basis of just like how much product on a specific channel we're projecting or or forecasting to go ahead and sell and making sure that we have that inventory in the right places at the right time. Um, I mean, like, as you said, you know, a wholesaler might you know take a, a, a master case of say six or 12, but that's certainly not going to be the case for the majority of our uh, uh, B2 C customers. So just really trying to find that fine balance though of like the same product, uh, but, but sort of keeping them separate um, as well as having like systems and processes in place that, that, that support um, both of those processes.
1: Because yeah, I, oh, I, just to, in case anyone's wondering, um, B to C is business to consumer, which is the same as D to C, or quite very similar to D to C, which is direct to consumer. Just in case anyone's wondering out there, um, I think the the interesting point you make there, the really fundamental point at the heart of all of this is. If someone wants to buy it, the best thing to do is to have some product there to sell to them fundamentally. So it's more a case of having enough product and being able to predict than it is a case of going, well, if we're down to our last 10, (sighs) this channel gets it.
0: Yeah, who do we end up prioritizing? Um, who gets what? So no, no, that's definitely a fine balance that we need to uh, that we need to walk. But um, I think something that we've you know we've definitely integrated within our business is just making sure that um, you know everybody's kind of talking to each other on the same page. Whether that's marketing, you know, whatever planned promotions uh, that they may have, or you know, the same goes maybe with like, with our retail. Um, you know, we like one thing that we definitely try to do on a monthly basis is do a uh, you know a monthly SNLP. Saying, hey guys, like you know, this is what our ninety-day forecast looks like. This is what we've got uh, in these specific locations. This is what we're expecting to sell through, uh, and then it generally just helps create like further conversation uh, amongst you know the different segments within the business. Whether that's you know our, our major retail account, uh, you know, talking to us saying like, hey Derek, you know, I don't think that we have maybe enough product, you know, in location X. You know, what is it going to take to go ahead and make sure that we can go ahead and fulfill these orders? Because at the end of the day, you know, we don't want to say no. to an order or anything like that. So, um, you know, between the different products um, and the different um, marketplaces, channels and warehouses that we have, um, you know, it's certainly a a complex web uh, that we've got kind of set out there.
1: But I I like the fact you've clearly got all the right systems in place and you're doing the right number crunching, but that you're still, was it once a month sending a message around to everyone going, this is what we're predicting. Basically, tell us if it's wrong, if there's something you haven't told us that we haven't been able to factor in. Because often, you know, I mean, worst case scenario, I was talking to a friend the other day who was saying about how one of the jobs she'd worked at, where she was the merchandiser, so doing a semi-similar job to yourself. And um, the warehouse manager was very proud of the fact he knew where everything was in the warehouse, but nobody else had a clue what was even in (laughs) stock. Which is kind of the absolute worst case scenario. Right the way through to what you're saying, which is we've got all the tech in place. We're doing all the predictions, but we're also speaking to our colleagues to find out what we don't know that we need to know.
0: No, exactly. And I mean, obviously, everybody on their day to day can get caught up in, you know, in their own business. So just having that reassurance that, hey, you know, this is where we're at with everything. This is what, you know, this is the trend that we think that we're going with um, really does allow everybody to kind of get on that same page and just really, uh, you know, have that unified front to be like okay like you know this is this is what we're going with uh for this month going forward um you know as well as being able to identify whether that's a 60 or 90 days out um being able to identify some of those gaps um and then you know being able to put a plan in place uh that either you know lessens that risk or um you know just squashes it all together
1: and you said one other little phrase there which i have never heard before which is snop what does that one stand for
0: uh, so S and O P for sales and operations planning. So, oh, um, essentially, sure. just you know, again, a by product by channel basis of like you know where we we're essentially what we're projecting out. So we, we use a lot of historical data. Um, we use a lot of the data that you know um, that a lot of maybe like our channel owners, whether it's you know uh, somebody that heads up our our major accounts, you know, he's he's having conversations with our buyers that and saying, hey, you know, it looks like. They're going to go ahead and request X amount of units you know, over the course of the next 30, 60, 90 days. Now, can we make sure that we have this in place? Um,
1: so it's, it's the sales and ops planning document
0: type. Exactly. But I mean, oh, yeah. but literally with everybody included then too, um, everybody from you know, finance to customer service to our marketing team, um, just really allowing us to kind of take that, okay, month's over. This is what the next... 30 30 days looks like, like any objections. Um, And it really does like, obviously from the operation standpoint, you know, there's, or I should say like the supply chain standpoint, there's so many different facets and just being able to bring those all together um, to sit there and say, Hey, you know, logistics, can you make sure that we can go ahead and support these efforts? You can great. you know, fulfillment. Can we go ahead and make sure that we're able to go ahead and, and, and support this? Wonderful. Great. So it just allows us to like do that little mini checkoff, I suppose, um, within the business.
1: I love it. Such great advice. So I think, I think now we should go into the top tips round. And before we do the top tips round, let's just have a quick reminder. Bright Pearl by Sage provides a retail operating system for retailers and wholesalers. Their mission is clear. Automate the back office so you can spend your time and money growing your business fearlessly and without limitations. They're built for retail features tick every box, including inventory management, order management, warehousing, fulfillment, shipping, purchasing, accounting and even retail business intelligence, all enabling easy automation to free up your time to focus on growth. Find out more and book a demo at ecmp.info forward slash brightpearl. That's ecmp for e commerce master plan.info forward slash brightpearl. brightpearl.com. Okay, Derek, I love the top tip section because it gives all of our listeners some quick ideas for taking our businesses up to the next level. So, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend?
0: Mine would probably be uh, Tim Ferriss' Tools of Titans. So, obviously, he's got uh, you know, the podcast that I'm sure, you know, maybe quite a few listeners listen to, but, uh, the book itself, the tools of Titans, which I know that Tim's written a few other books, um, really kind of condenses down like a lot of the best of the best, um, just kind of giving some of those insights, whether it's, you know, a biohacks or just motivation, um, or just, you know, the, the little keys that allow you to like, just take that next step. Um, has, I, I feel, you know, for me, just being able to go back and just reference like, key points that I've highlighted uh, over the course of the last few years um, has been really reliable, and I really, really enjoy that book. So
1: I always like one which you can kind of go back to and just dip into – It's nice to have the ones you have to go back to and read the whole way through to kind of go on the journey again. But it's also nice to have the ones you can kind of go, oh, this isn't going quite right. Flick, flick, flick. Oh yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And you remind yourself. So I like that. And I think you're the first person to mention that one of Tim Ferriss's books too. So that's always good. Okay, the traffic top tip then. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
0: So I'd say from our marketing team, I know that we um, put a lot of weight onto like user generated content. So, I mean, we have very big presence, uh, on social media, but, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the great content that we do get is, is user submitted. So, um, obviously we want to be able to use like a lot of action shots of like, Hey, these are, these are people using our product. Um, you know, whether it's in a beautiful setting, whether it's like a great rally, we get a lot of that from like within our community. So, um, which, you know, which we're able to go ahead and then use a platform such as Instagram to go ahead and share that uh, with everybody else.
1: Excellent. Okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day?
0: Oh, We have a couple of them, I say, but... Uh, I'll, you know, I'll
1: take two if you want to give us two.
0: Two? Cool. Well, I'll do two really quick. One, uh, first of all, it's be Basecamp. Um, I mean, we use that a lot for like our messaging, file sharing. So we, we rarely try to use email, especially internally. So uh, Basecamp is a really great tool for us to be able to communicate, uh, especially as a remote workforce. Uh, the other one being uh, probably Monday.com, which is formerly The Pulse. Um, but uh, that's really allowed us to go ahead and uh, effectively communicate um, across a lot of different channels, specifically within operations, but um, across all different you know, segments within our business. Um, especially a lot of the communication between like, our ops and our warehouse ops, being able to seamlessly transition, you know, whether it's a sales orders or special projects, from one to the next
1: two excellent recommendations there okay the growth top tip to round us off if you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from a hundred orders per month to a thousand what would be your number one tip for them
0: my number one tip uh for like a uh, to essentially a 10x growth uh I'm going to steal a quote actually from uh, the Tim Ferriss book, which would be, don't oh, be a donkey. <laughs> uh, honestly, you can do anything and everything that you really want to. Um, just kind of taking what you already know, boiling them down to like absolute truths and just being able to expand out on those ideas. I think, um, you know, if you're not, if you are prepared to do a hundred, um, maybe prepare yourself to be able to do 10,000. So kind of just getting you in that mindset to be like, well, you know, what can you do? And just really taking what you know and just, asking those 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 questions to be able to boil it down to the simplest truth.
1: Excellent advice. Okay, Masterplan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find a link to this show. Derek, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find Spikeball on the web and social media, please?
0: Yes. Uh, so obviously we have our, our website, spikeball.com. Um, also spikeball.u or any of the, uh, country TLDs. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Um, Spikeball being the handle for all of those. So, uh, yes, we're, uh, we're, we're quite everywhere
1: nice and easy to find. I will add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today into the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at com forward slash podcast, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Derek, thank you so much for coming on the show today and talking ops with me. It's been really cool to talk at a different angle of e-commerce. So thank you very much for coming along.
0: I really appreciate you having me, Chloe.
1: Rather nice to slip into the world of ops there. And some really nice, sensible, pragmatic advice from Derek. Of course, you need to have the right tech in place if you're going to be managing multiple channels, but you also need to be talking to your colleagues and finding out what's going on so nothing gets missed. So things are being sense checked. I love that sales and ops SNOP that they were sending out once a month to go, right, that month's gone. Here's what's coming up have we got it right essentially what what haven't you told us that we need to know such a good idea and something which of course you can do in other areas of the business as well just to check in with the team and check you've got everything taken into account if you've enjoyed this episode, then please do spread the word. We'd love, I would love to have more e-commerce people listening to the show because the reason I do it is to help you, to help you grow your businesses, to help you solve your marketing problems. So please do spread the word via social media, via, I don't know, you could do it via di- direct mail if you want, send a letter to somebody, chuck a stamp on it, um, or over a coffee, over a pint, I really don't mind. Um, If you can't think of another way to do it, then go to, go over to iTunes and chuck me a review up on there. It would be greatly appreciated. However, whether you do that or don't, have a fantastic week and don't forget to keep optimizing.
0: Thank you for listening to the eCommerce Master Plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.